we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. I am back, baby. COVID sayonara. I'm going to be back on the sidelines this week. We're going out to Carolina Monday Night Football. I'm excited about it. My first regular season road trip. Road trips are always fun uh, just because... You know, we're we're used to how things get done around these parts, and just to be uh, in another franchise's house is was always fun to me doing the sideline. I loved it. It's also open air. It's you know, it feels you know, it's funny because in college it's like all open air, and you kind of you know you go around, and you know I was in Tuscaloosa, and I, like it's a very fun environment. But you don't get that as often in the NFL. There's a lot of dome stadiums, particularly in the South. Um, but you know, uh, Tampa, Carolina. Green Bay, a lot of these open air stadiums, um, you know. So you, you got back to back open air ones. I'm, I am looking forward to that Green Bay, Green Bay trip. That's going to be yeah, interesting. Jordan Love cool. looked really good. Um, so that you know, I think I had the Saints projected to lose that game, uh, and that prediction feels a little more confident now because if the idea was Jordan Love is not ready, I think he showed he's ready. Uh, is he how how good is he? I don't know. But, like, he's not going to be the same matchup as the rookies. Like, this week with Bryce Young, I'm going to pencil the Saints in for a win, mainly because I don't think Bryce Young's ready. He's learning on the job. I think Jordan Love is ready. Well, yeah, that'll be interesting to see just because, man, this Saints defense has everybody, I think, pretty excited, obviously, right now. Yeah, well, the Saints defense is going to look a lot better when they're whenever they get to play Ryan Tannehill. He was off. But let's, uh, you know, speaking of rookies, Will Levis is just sitting there like, hey, guys, I, I think I could do better than that. <laughs> but all right, you know, first things first, let's get into the film study. But before that, you know, NFL Films put out this kind of clip reel here from the Saints game. And it was it's it's fantastic. So I want I had to grab it, um, you know, check it out on Twitter at NFL at NFL Films, which the CW does football now. That's that's weird to me. I remember like when they just did Gilmore Girls and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and that. But apparently the CW is football now. Um, but here is this. This is a clips package of what, what happened around that last play to Rashid Shaheed. And and their car after the game talked about how he told you know, Pete Carmichael, it's giving me a go route. He went up to Rashid Jaheed, and I think Rashid told us this. He was like, yeah, just run, you know, go. If you do not run, I'm going to throw you the ball. You better run. Uh, and uh, this is this is great. Listen to this. Give me another shot. Be ready if I give you a go route to end this thing. All right? Throw Rashid a go. Yes. Hey, hey, listen to me, Rashid. Freaking run. Run. So it's Carr on third down, down the sideline, open receiver, Shaheed! Boom! Yeah! Yes! Ah! What a huge first down. Yes! Yes! Yeah! Let's go! Yeah! You heard Haas in there. What a huge first down. I love Jameis chiming in. Yeah! Yeah, that was the best part. <laughs> that could have been from any point in the game. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why was that even in there? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Gotta get James in. James there, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, that that was I, I thought that was fantastic. because uh, it just gives you an insight into you know how Derek Carr is operating in this offense. Like they knew they could not run the ball. And end that game. Like they had to go win that game. 
and man, I'm so happy they made that decision because I even if that play didn't work, I was 100% behind the the decision to just let him let him air it out because I mean, you I've watched that game. I I was if they punt that ball back, you felt I mean, right. even as badly as Ryan Tannehill played, I had a really bad I mean, the the, the Titans offense was actually starting to get things figured out late in that game. It's the Saints defense was on the field a long time. Um, the Titans had a couple of long drives. All they had to do was get into field goal range. Nick Folk was five for five, right? Like he was on a heater. I, you know, all you had to do was get him inside this, you know, within 60. And I, I wouldn't have felt good about it. And uh, so just taking that off the table and never giving the ball back, man, that is a nice way to finish a game. And cause you, you talk about like, Oh, 16 to 15, I mean, that, that last drive, like, I don't care what the score is. That last drive was worth 30 points. Like, you got the ball with over two minutes left. The other team had three timeouts, and they never got it back. Like, that, to me, is what good offenses do. Um, yeah, they totally suffocated that right there. And that was one of the points, too, like, watching the game after, you know, going through uh, everything at the Dome, coming back to the studio for WWL and watching the game there, our uh, studio producer – Charlie even told me in my ear as I'm watching, you know, this last series unfolding, he's like, I'm just worried because I've seen this story happen before with this team. But the ability to take that ball and keep on driving it down, get the first downs. And like you said, not putting the ball in the opposing team offense's hands was so vital. And yeah, what what winning teams do, obviously, that was winning football we got to see on Sunday. Thankfully, much different already in that aspect from last year. Uh, also, to me, I was just smiling with all the takeaways going on. It was it was brilliant to see all that happening for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree completely. And and you know what? One of the things that happened in that game too, the, the offensive line blocked. Right? You know what? What we talked about, me. Trevor. <laughs> talked about Trevor Penning missing blocks. It was not just Trevor Penning. Like we have, I'll, I'll show you a play here where Trevor Penning gets beaten. You know, and there was a I think we could go all day on Trevor Penning. He got beat inside. He got beat outside. He got beat in the pass pro. He got beat in the run game. But like, if we're gonna pretend, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, you know, throw Trevor under the bus, if we're gonna say move Trevor to guard, well, okay, where are you moving James Hurst because he struggled too? Where are you moving Caesar Ruiz because he struggled too? Where are you moving Eric McCoy because he struggled too? everybody struggled. And we, I think we saw that around the NFL to an extent is, you know, like the giants could not block a lick in that game on Sunday night football. The Bengals could not block a lick against miles Garrett and the Browns. You know, I think week one in modern NFL where you don't get any live reps, really, you know, I think very quickly you can see that you're kind of learning on the job. Like you're kind of getting ready. You don't even know where you're, where your struggles are going to be to be able to send help there, especially in the first half of week one, and things can get bad. I mean, look at this. You know, uh, I don't think we need to blame Jamal Williams for this, right? Like, I think Jamal Williams struggled, but there was a reason he struggled. Because, I mean, he's not even close to getting this ball. And look at, look at where the defender is. I mean, and then you have Trevor getting beat around the edge. So he can't even kick it out here. He has nowhere to go. All he can do is just barrel into the line here and see what he can get done. Um, and you and you saw that a lot. You saw Jamal Williams just not having a second to potentially just get ahead of steam and find a gap and try to plow through it. There's nothing. He's getting eaten the second he got the ball. But on that last drive, here's what it looked like. Boom. 
You can't block it better than that. So I think what you see is, you know, offensive lines, they have to work together. It is a very cohesive situation. If one spot breaks down, it all breaks down. You need five guys who are working together and all getting the job done. And that takes a little time. Whereas on the defensive side, I think it's the curve is a little quicker where, you know, you had just it's like all you need is one athlete to make a play. And, you know, this is the this is that final run that iced the game. And suddenly, look, the offensive line can figure it out and on a play that the Titans knew they were going to run. Right. And they had a chance. They, they, they could have held him there, forced a field goal, got the ball back with time to potentially go down and score a game winning touchdown. They never got the ball back. So you got to give the offensive line credit for that. And I think, you know, as Trevor, every all the entire group, you hope that, you know, this is a point where you, you get better and better and better and better. So that by week five, you know, if you're having the same struggles week five, we can have a conversation. But I don't. the Saints aren't looking at this and saying we need to do something with Trevor. I'm not looking at this and saying we need to do something with Trevor. I'm looking at this and saying, OK, here's where you, you effed up. Now fix those mistakes. And if you can do that, then you're, and you're looking at it. But, you know, I keep people keep telling me, oh, he's slow. He's he's not fast enough. He can't get it done. I don't think that's the case. I mean. You know, he is a premier athlete. Like I keep getting told he's not an athlete. You know, we like we he you have the measurables. Like he's he's an athlete. I think it's not not dissimilar to what you had in Toronto Armstead when in his rookie season when or his I don't know, maybe his second season when he got his first start where he struggled a little bit. But I you know, I think you're gonna have moments where you're like, What the hell is this guy doing? But you know, I think give it give it some time, is my point. Yeah, and obviously the Tennessee Titans, one of the better defensive fronts that the Saints are going to face this season. And you got at least that out the way right off the bat kind of thing. But that was one of the things, Jeff, with, with Penning, you know, that decision in that preseason finale not to play him, I wasn't too keen on. And I got it. You know, you're trying to save him and protect him from the injury bug that you're worried could happen kind of thing. But, man, the, just those reps, though, I feel like, he needs them still, and we can see that, obviously. I'm not giving up on Penning either, but, man, that that was a rough go against the Titans team that it was, you know, a, a pretty formidable front there for sure. And, yeah, you just got to hope he learns something from that. Going into this week, we see a much more dominant Penning against the Panthers D-line, but that's not going to be easy either. No, no, it's, yeah, it's another tough matchup for him. But yeah, and so, you know, I expected him to struggle against speed. Where I got frustrated was watching plays like this. This is that first drive down the field. You know, Michael Thomas is going to be standing by himself in the back of the end zone. Derek Carr can't find him because he gets immediate pressure and he has to roll out. And you'll see it here. You know, when Trevor is ever able to get his hands on people, he needs to be able to win. And right here, he's in good position. He, he doesn't get beat to the outside. He's got his hands on him, but then he just gets ripped through and loses. And immediately you have lost that rep. Derek Carr has no chance to just take a step forward and find Mike Thomas, who is now standing by himself. I keep getting told by people, I, you know, I posted this video. I keep getting told, well, why didn't he just throw it to the back of the end zone? <laughs> well, once you start running this direction, that's a bad throw. That's the wrong throw. Someone was like, well, he needs to practice that throw. I was like, people don't practice bad decisions. If he stops his momentum and tries to throw across his body and lob it to the back of the end zone, that probably gets intercepted. No matter how open Mike Thomas is right now, these are professional athletes. They can recover. He's not throwing. He's not like, and it's like, okay, if you're complaining that, that Derek Carr is not Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen, <laughs> then fine. You, you win. 
because he's not like we all know that. And my I would be more concerned if he's out there trying to make Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen throws. I think he is absolutely correct not throwing this and just dirting it because there's nothing to be had and there's nothing to be had because the protection broke down. Um, And it is frustrating because all you need is a second. All you need is a second. He's in position. He just needs to get a little bit more depth and push that upfield. And if he does that, Derek Carr is able to just step up in the pocket. The coverage breaks down on the back end and he can make that throw. The problem is he is already being forced to bail out before the coverage breakdown can even happen. And so, like, this is the play that I need him to be better on. He's going to get beat occasionally. Derek Carr is going to have to make guys miss. That's just life in the NFL. You're not going to have a perfect pocket every play. But when you are in position to win, I need you to win. Right? You can't, you can't get in the perfect position and then lose. That's, that's where I am frustrated. But, yeah, this play, I think he did get better as the game went on. The Saints got better at scheming him help um, as the game went on, and that's a good thing. But yeah, there's a, there's some warts there. No one's going to deny that. Props to I, Carr I am, on that, that play, actually. I saw him, you know, have that awareness to, to roll out. I thought he was going to get crushed. Yeah. Well, I saw people say like, oh, he needs to step up. I was like, well, there's no one open when you're saying he should step up. You don't step up in the pocket to wait. You step up to deliver a ball with, you know, with accuracy and pace. You're not stepping up so that you can just, if he steps up and sits there and is like, well, who's going to come open? He's getting blown up from behind. He's going to fumble. You know, that that would have been his first fumble in the game. The second fumble did not count, which is a terrible call. But I mean, I, I've ne- that like the refs, you know, I, I had people on Twitter tell me that the Saints always get the, the, the refs on their side. Someone told me that someone tweeted that at me and I, I, he's probably just trolling. But at the same time, like, man, <laughs> that's something. Every fan base, I guess, feels like they are the most slighted by the referees, except if maybe you're the Patriots. You got nothing to bitch about from your history. <laughs> I agree. So the, the funny thing is this is actually a play here that was an example of Derek Carr missing something. And it's a similar situation. You have Mike Thomas coming through on kind of the over Derek Carr. This is a designed rollout. And so, you know, how, how are some of the ways you help your left tackle? Well, <laughs> you're going to take your quarterback and you're going to have him run the opposite direction. The problem is... It doesn't work. You know, the, the, the Titans actually kind of sniff this out and Derek Carr has to just get rid of the ball. Well, he gets a little antsy here. You can see Mike Thomas is actually open. Like he, he's by himself. There's no coverage here. He is in the underneath with no one there to make a play on the ball. Derek Carr just has to kind of delay for a second and then he has all of this space to just lob the ball into. Instead, he kind of panics. He throws it away. And this is where, and you can see Mike is a little frustrated because he, he can see I am wide open. There is no one here to stop. Like the only player he back here, like he's not making a play on the ball. The defender's running upfield with, I want to say it's Chris Olave and Derek just kind of throws it away. Now you feel a little better about this because of what happens in the next play, which is he finds Rashid Shahid for a touchdown. I'll show you that clip here in a second. Uh, but like that, I think that's a, that's one of the few examples in this game that I was able to find where I was like, you know what, Derek kind of messed this up. Because as you rewatch this, you see if he's not running for his life, you know, if he's able to kind of get some time and navigate, I, I think he made some really nice throws, some really nice reads. And for, again, a guy who's in his first game in this offense, he looked very comfortable running it. You know, you, you bring up obviously to Mike Thomas. I, I feel like he didn't get maybe enough credit after this game just because of the other you know, the numbers we got from Olave, you know, Rashid Shahid. But, man, I was perfectly satisfied 
with Mike T's production. Obviously, yeah, you, you want more on the field like you're seeing there, a missed opportunity. But overall, I, I thought Mike T did well week one. Yeah, he had a couple nice moments. Um, he disappeared for a little while. I, you know, I, I think this is a game where you're just you're just trying to figure it out. You're trying to get the ball out of your hands quickly because you know there's going to be pressure. You know, he had, you know, when there's going to be moments this season where you just need a play. You need, I mean, you saw that on that second, and I want to say it was like 13 um, when you're trying to ice the game. You know, that play, to, that throw to Olave we talked about, the, you're able to do that. You're able to get aggressive there because you ended up in third and six instead of third and 12, right? Like, so the defense has to come up and make sure you can't run for the first down. And so you're able to throw over the top. And the reason you're in that situation is because Mike Thomas is a tank and you can throw to him in traffic and he will make the play. And he did, and he set them up. So, you know, yeah, I, I agree. I think he he made some nice mo. He had some nice moments. Um, he didn't get hurt. That's important. But anyway, here's the and we we talked about Rashid Rashid Shahid. I I regret not doing a fantasy episode. We did just didn't have the time, um, which I would have spent a lot of time talking about how you should draft Rashid Shahid. And you know, I had a lot of text exchanges with people like, "Oh, should I take Jamison Williams and stash him in the fifteenth round?" I was like, "Is Rashid on the board?" Yeah, draft Rashid. And, you know, at least four people I told to do that and did not do it. And that's why I sent them uh, texts on Sunday on Sunday afternoon. They're like, yeah, man, I guess uh, did you end up drafting Rashid because uh, I feel like I, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, go to hell. But yeah. And so this is that play uh, where it was just kind of a stutter go. And they worked on this in practice. They were kind of just messing around. Derek Carr said that they didn't hit it like he missed the throw. But it was they, they liked it so much that they put it in the offense and uh, they were like, we're going to go to this at some point. And uh, and it worked. Shahid's so definitely going to be one of those guys that is heavily targeted on waiver wire Wednesday. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rashid's getting picked up in virtually every league this week. So <laughs> there's one thing about this play that I think Rashid uh, could have done better. And uh, can, you get, can you figure out what it is? What? Well, well, right here, there's a point where he catches – the first ever pass from Derek Carr in a Saints uniform. Oh. And he decides to throw it into the stands. <laughs> Rashid, don't you think Derek might want that ball? What are I'm you doing? Surprised he didn't. He's got touchdown passes. He doesn't need to keep it. <laughs> but come on. <laughs> you don't think Derek wants that ball? <laughs> just, I'm sure he got it back. He threw it in the first row. It's like he <laughs> chucked it 30 yards into the stands. But <laughs> it's very funny to me that he didn't turn around and be like, you know what? I think Derek probably wants this. <laughs> Maybe that's Derek's dad. Hopefully, that would be funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did think I, I enjoyed that. But no, Rashid. Yeah, every time you see him out there, uh, he just gets better and better and better. Yeah. And you know, he's just so smooth. All I need for Rashid, all I need him to do, the only thing that I think he needs to work on is maybe give yourself more than like a like a centimeter of space from the sideline. Maybe, just maybe, just just maybe give yourself more than a centimeter because, you know, that that touchdown that it was very close. People keep showing me a picture that is before he has the ball uh, with his knee down, which is like, great. Yeah, that picture is great, but he's the ball still moving. <laughs> and uh, here it is. Um, so like people keep sending me this photo and saying, oh, my God, that's a catch. How can they not call this? The refs suck. But it's like, if you, if you, like, we watched this happen live. They reviewed this. And I don't think anyone watched it and be like, oh, that's definitely a catch because you can see the ball is still moving in his hands when he gets there. And so one thing that I will say, and for this play specifically, is 
When, if you can catch the ball with your hands, that's a touchdown, right? Like Odell Beckham, that's a touchdown because he has the strongest hands in the world. And he, I've seen him make that exact play. The problem here is if you have if you use three points to make that catch, which one of the points is your body, the ball is not secured until it is up against your body, right? So you cannot have an immediate catch if you are using your body to support the ball. And that's what happens here. So when you watch this replay, know that it's like, yes, he has it in his hands, but it's still moving. And until he secures it against his body, it is not a catch. If he doesn't use his body, then it's a catch with the hands. But you know, that's kind of, that's the, the wide receiver thing. And, you know, I think that's, if he catches that out with his hands, it's a touchdown. If not, I mean, you know, whatever, it's very close either way. It's still a great catch. It's still a great throwing catch. Like he was that close to having a huge, huge day. <laughs> you know, if, is, if he makes that and, catch. And obviously props to him too. You know, the way the game started, complete disaster. And then being able to rebound, that says a lot about a guy. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that opening kickoff, you know, that fumble. Uh, there was a point there that I was like, man, this this game is cursed. This season's cursed already. Right. Like, man, what, what's worse than this? And then I saw the, the Jets play. And the Giants. Okay, so two more things that, that, that I'll hit, and then we can move on to the defense. So Chris Olave, you know, I, I think part of this is, the, is Alvin Kamara is not there. And so the Saints have to get a little creative in the backfield. And we've seen this throughout camp. And, you know, they knew Alvin was probably going to get suspended. So maybe that's why they started incorporating this. Is they'll actually, twice in this game, they shifted Chris Olave into the backfield and then had him come run an option route. And you can see no linebacker is going to cover that. I mean, he has no chance. Play this about as well as you could. Like, what are you going to do? If you, if you don't, like, hedge, he's just going to run by you. And so that's the first down. Later in the game, they did the same thing. First down, and uh, you know, I, I am curious to see how teams handle that because even if even when Alvin Kamara is back, I still expect them to use that in the offense. Uh, Deuce Deuce responded and said he expects to uh, see teams start to chip him because that is something that, and he's right. When you know you you don't chip receivers because typically they're not coming out of the backfield, and if they're coming off the line, you're trying to chip them. There's a really good chance you don't get there within five yards and you get a penalty. Well, we are coming out of the backfield all of a sudden that, you know, all bets are off. And so you're not a running back, you're a wide receiver and the defensive end has the op, op, they, they can come over and wipe you out as long as they're within five yards. And when you're coming out of the backfield, there's a way bigger margin for them to do that. And I think he's right. I think if you do that too much, Chris Lave is getting decleated by a defensive end. So I think that is one thing you're going to start seeing. So if they try to spam that play, it might not go so well, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's still something like I, I think Pete, this we got good Pete in this game. Yeah, and I mean, i excited to see even more of what they have schemed up because, you know, we didn't. I don't feel like we even touched the surface of things this offense can even do. Obviously, week one, there was just uh, obviously no Camara right now. There's wasn't really tight end usage, even though. You know, like a guy like Foster Murrow, Jimmy Graham had no receptions this game. And then uh, I, I just look at the the lack of usage with Taysom Hill. It just seems like there's so much more this offense is even more capable of. Yeah, Juwan Johnson had a few catches, but I wouldn't say it was his biggest game. Right. And, you know, I think part of that is, you know, you're, you're just trying to make things work with the offensive line. You need to have them in to block. You need to have them in to chip. And when you do that, it makes things a little bit more difficult. 
when you have to do that, when you have to take a running back and chip, it means it basically eliminates the play action. Um, and that's, and that's tough. So I think that's, that's part of it is the offensive line was struggling and you needed the, the tight ends to, to help a lot more than you, than you probably want to. Um, so we'll see. I think you'll see that expand, especially with Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill, you know, you're, you're, I, I'm curious, we're going to talk to Pete Carmichael later in the week and I, I'm going to ask him about, you know, so you're, it's gotta be difficult to incorporate Taysom Hill with new quarterback, right? Like it's, Every time you switch quarterbacks, it's like, okay, this is how it operates. You have to come off the field. No one wants to do that. So I think that's probably, you know, you're trying to, yeah, Derek Carr's first game in the Superdome, you're not trying to take him off the field nine times for for snaps, especially when it's not working and you're sending him out there in second and 13. Like, what the hell? Um, But, you know, one way you can get the tight end game involved a lot more is by running the ball effectively and – one thing we heard from Dennis Allen is when you look at the tape, and this is true, there was a handful of plays in the run game that felt like there was a big play to there to be had, and all you had to do is not screw up. You know, all you had to do is like make a block and get outfield. And this is one of those plays. You know, whenever we talk about Traquan Smith, people say, "Well, you don't pay wide receivers to block." And well, sure, maybe not, but you do need them to block because if you want to make big run plays to the edge of the field, those are the guys who are making those blocks. And here you see Keith Kirkwood whiff just whiff on a play that otherwise I think Jamel Williams is up the sideline for at least 15, maybe 20 yards. Maybe he breaks a tackle and goes all the way. And like Keith Kirkwood needs to make that block and he doesn't. And that's the guy who makes the tackle. And so like, why is Traquan Smith on this team? Well, that's the block you expect Traquan Smith to make. Right. And, and that's a big difference when you don't. Keith Kirkwood did not have a great game. He also had that holding penalty on the Rashid Shaheed end around. We were on high on the Keith Kirkwood hype too. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big part of that. And, and like, you know, missed blocks happen. But like here, this is this one's worse, in my opinion. This is Foster Morrow whiffing on a block. And that can't happen. Look at this. How? How do you go from this to this? That is a defensive back. You better make that tackle, Foster. I mean, that block, Foster. What are you doing? And someone was like, well, why did Tony Jones Jr. run right directly into the defender? Well, it's because (laughs) he's getting pursued from the middle of the field and he sees his tight end out there blocking the defensive back. (laughs) Why would he assume that Foster's going to whip? He's looking at all that space. If he can get to the edge of the field, he's running 20, 30 yards. And, you know, I think this is when you you talk to Dennis Allen and he says we had big plays and we we blew them. (laughs) This is the type of thing you're looking at. Man, you weren't kidding when you said there was bad blocking everywhere. No, yeah, right. Like, it's not just Trevor, guys. The the Saints did not block well in any capacity. It's just Tony Jones Jr.'s only touch of the game, which I found odd. I I think he looked quick. He looked good. I don't know why he didn't use him. But, uh, yeah, Foster had a weird day. There was that that one play where he lined up like three yards downfield um, and Chris Olave had to get out there and be like, Foster, what the hell are you doing? Right. (laughs) Uh, not a great debut for for Foster Morrow. Uh, maybe you know he was a little excited. He's playing in front of the home fans for the first time. Yeah, so you know it's, it's going to get better. I think the Saints did a lot of really good things on offense. They left a lot out on the field, um, and that's kind of my big takeaway from uh, from that game. Yeah, definitely. And you obviously want to see them being more more productive in the red zone than they were. But hey, shout out to uh, Blake Groupie. He came through for a uh, big time, and that was definitely a concern of mine when the lights were on, you know, in an actual real game scenario. How's this kid going to do? Well, he showed up for show. 
Yeah, he make he made Mike Vrabel look real stupid too. <laughs> Which good for him. Because that was a the dumb bonehead decision based entirely on they have a rookie kicker. He has never kicked a 50 yarder in his life, uh, you know, and I'm going to make him prove it. And, uh, you know, he did. And what I will say for Blake is he's not just making kicks. He is splitting them. I mean, like the, the, we saw that if you watched the Monday night game last night um, with the Jets and the Bills, I mean, they, he made that 50, 50 yarder to, to tie the game there. The guy from the Bills, uh, I can't t- Tyler Bass, I think his name is, but it was about as close as it can get. It, it hit the uprights, yeah. clanged, and then fell through. You know what Will Lutz had to imagine was it should have happened in in London. It's you know I guess it's the overseas. You know the, the the I don't know the the toilet bowls go backwards. I don't think that's that's right. That's not right. But like groupie, every single kick is just you know he's Money. not sneaking anything in. <laughs> no, definitely a, gr- a great outing from him. I almost gave him. My, you know, player of the game for for post game, but I ended up still uh, giving that to Shahid, even though a lot of folks complained it should have been a defensive player. But I, I had to give it to Shahid after you know the mishap early on and being able to respond, and also having the only touchdown of the game. Yeah, the problem with the defense is so many people played well that it's hard yeah. to single one out. Yeah. Um, and so we, yeah, that's a good segue. We're going to end this segment here and we're going to do one more and talk about the defense, go through some of the film on that. And, and like I said, it was a very, very impressive day. Although Ryan Tannehill helped a good bit. So we're going to, we're going to get into that, but this is inside black and gold. It's our film study edition. We're going to try to do this, you know, the second episode of the week, be kind of a reaction film study uh, episode as much as possible. Um, and so, yeah, if, you have, if there's anything you want to see, always make sure to hit me up on Twitter beforehand so I can like pull it out and tell you how you're wrong and all that good stuff. I, I do enjoy doing that. But all right. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. He's Steve Geller, WWL. If you haven't subscribed, do that. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And we will be right back.